Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Do you ever just have one of those days where it's, <laughs> where you just feel like it's just, just going to be a crap day? Off? Yeah. Yeah, completely off. Yeah, a little bit. It happens. But hey, you always got chances to turn it around as the day progresses, right? Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, <laughs> good morning. <laughs> so we've got uh, last night's return of This Is Us that Ooh. we're going to be talking about. I think that oh. perfectly describes it. Uh, we're also going to be delving into Leaving Neverland on HBO. Also heavy. Uh, we're going to get a mom's perspective, a very good friend of mine who's got two kids mm-hmm. that I'm very interested to see what her perspective on it is. And she's only watched an Definitely. hour of it. I've only watched an hour of it too. So like half of only the first... Um, half of the first episode. Wow. Yeah. And but it's enough. It, um, uh, I, watch the second portion and it gets a lot heavier. That's all I have to say because I really... This is one of those shows, I know we're all about spoiling things. This is one that you really mm, gotta see. At Brian Fink, at April on air. Welcome to the Totally Spoiled Podcast. <laughs> Warning, we cannot be held responsible for the spoilers ahead. Are you ready for this? This is the Totally Spoiled Podcast with Brian Fink and April Diamond. Go! Thank you so much for following and subscribing. And of course, on your smart speaker. Hey, Alexa, play the Totally Spoiled podcast. And it's like magic. I was going to try to replicate her voice, but I think I'd totally screw Yeah, it up. you would totally screw that up. So we're going to talk to a good friend of mine who's got a mom's perspective of mm-hmm. this. We're also going to talk to somebody who has been to Neverland. Oh, yeah. And did you tell me that he met Michael? Oh, he met Michael and the posse. Really? It's insane. His story is incredible. Like, I've known him all this time, and I never knew that. Right? I I wouldn't even picture him meeting Michael Jackson. (laughs) I can actually picture him just kind of sitting there in his 20s (laughs) and kind of looking up and taking this all in. I mean, shoot, I would have done the same thing. Yeah. I mean, as it mentioned a lot of times, he was larger than life. Oh, yeah. It it was like... it wasn't a reality. Like Michael Jackson was was Michael. It was on a whole other level. Kind of play on words with his estate, like Neverland. Neverland. It's, it's beyond what you know or question. It's, and I'm kind of disappointed in myself that when I was in L.A., I never went. I think when I go back, that's something that I want to visit Neverland. I feel like if if it's not a matter of like when I go, because I've never been to even L.A. alone, is checking that place out. It, I, they do tours of it now, don't they? I, I know they, they used do. to. I don't know since this was released or more recently, if anything has changed. Well, I think it has more to do with whether but the property was sold. It's not. It's not. So it's, it's not. It's still the it's still like whether Michael Jackson Trust. Whether it's owned by the family or who's behind that, that I don't know, but it has not been sold. So I could only get, like I said, an hour in and I, I had to take a breather. What was that trigger? Like for you, what, what 
like an hour in, they start talking about Paris and start talking about all the sexual assault at alleged sexual assault at Neverland. That's when it started happening and it was just going on and on. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, okay. So I know the story. Yeah. And of course, even with Jordy Chandler, who was the first one, Mm -hmm. I, I, I know the story. But hearing it laid out the way it was by Jimmy and Wade kind of got into it, but he hasn't really, where I stopped, was kind of where it switches to Wade's story. You, he, you, you'll find out a lot more from his perspective. So I, I, I wanted to delve into this because it's so top of mind, but I really don't want to delve into it because it's so polarizing. Because we still have to... We still have to take into account he. It, first of all, he's dead, so there's no there's no dealing with that side of it. Second of all, he was found innocent, especially with both of these guys testifying originally under oath that there was no sexual assault. Right. That being said, it's very controversial. That being said, if there wasn't sexual assault. Why would you do this documentary? Why would you put yourself through it? It's not like they're making money off of this. It's not like they're getting notoriety off of this. I mean, I hate to always call it on on this, but, you know, there's people that are star hungry as well. Like, would you say maybe just to get publicity as well? Like, you can look at it from that way. And let's just say all these accusations are Real, maybe you can look at it from the case or perspective of like awareness or education as well. Well, absolutely, like, if it if, is real, absolutely. Yeah, and say like I, I'm not the one to say if it is or it isn't. Neither are you, or really anyone that wasn't physically there during those times. Um, is it controversial? Yes. Is it polarizing? Yes. Is it hard to really swallow? Yes. But one is a viewer. I think should take it with a grain of salt. And I don't know, I guess. I don't think we've been speechless like this in a long time. No, we haven't. I don't think both, I don't think either one of us are really easily speechless. Let's just put that. And then leave it up to your own interpretation to take and use your best judgment. I I don't really know what other way to say it. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to believe these things, especially being a huge Michael Jackson fan. You know, he he was a legend and he was a, he was a creative genius. Which obviously this doesn't take away from that absolutely I mean, was, not plain absolutely. and simple but and i i'm saying if it is true then yes I, absolutely you do the documentary for awareness right but if it isn't true what i'm saying is wh- why why put yourself through this and you're saying for notoriety wade robson is was a popular choreographer he had he had everything to lose by doing this the other guy, Jimmy, I mean, he had a budding acting career, I guess. He was doing commercials, so... Yeah, but to be fair, not anything that really fully take, took off for the both of them. True. Do you know what I mean? Well, I Like mean, I said, Wade, I'm, I'm... Wade worked with Britney Spears. Wade, you know, Wade was on So You Think You Could Dance. I mean... This was a little wild back, but, but though, why, compared but, to when this came out super recently. I don't know. But it's not like you're going to get... I don't get, know. Like bookings off this. It's right. not like if you come out and this happens, you're not going to like, besides maybe doing like books and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to directly answer that. Yeah, I. but that's what I'm saying as to if 
it isn't true, I, I don't see the positives for coming out. I agree. I see eye to eye with you on that. I do. All I know is watching it and, and the way it started, I, I really felt sad for Michael Jackson because we know how he was brought up. I mean, we know the tumultuous childhood that he had, mm-hmm. the abuse that he dealt with, allegedly. Right. Um, and you see how much of a child he really is. Like the pictures of him hanging at Jimmy's house, family's house. Yep. He looks like a child, like his face. And not even looks like a child, sounds like a child. There's interview portions within the the first documentary, for lack of other words, where he's like interviewing like one of the kids and it's like, well, what do you think about No, Neverland? where Jimmy and, was interviewing him. Or he, yes, yes, yes. On the plane. And his voice, he sounds like a toddler. That interview was creepy AF. Yeah. Because he was just going on and on about how much he loved the kid. Being and, with him and that, that was the best part and never leaving him. And then when it starts going into Paris... And Neverland, when Neverland was bought, and all the alleged sexual assault that happened everywhere in Neverland. Right. I literally had to turn it off. I was like, first of all, This Is Us was about to start. And I, (laughs) I felt I had to cleanse a little. Yeah. And second of all, it it was so much. Like, Jimmy was just going on and on and on. Yeah. And what I I tried to do was, because when people are lying, you can kind of, if they're not pathological, you can kind of see it in their faces. Right. Whether they have, they're not looking at the camera. Their eyes. Exactly. Voice. Something. I was trying to look for that, and I didn't see see it. it. Both Wade and Jimmy were looking directly into the camera when they were telling all those stories. Their voices were not quivering Changing. or nothing. They weren't looking down. They weren't being shifty. The typical signs of somebody lying weren't there. Weren't obvious. And I think that's what was he- weighing so heavy even more is because I'm going, I, I want this not to, to be, be true. true. Yeah. And it I was just going us- on and on <laughs> And on. Yeah. You know, one of, one of our coworkers brought this up too because she was really invested in this and also a huge fan um, of Michael Jackson is why now? Why, why come out with this story now when he can't even defend himself and to, for lack of other words, tarnish a name, a reputation, a legend? Why? Like, why now? Well, it started coming out a little bit ago. I mean, before the documentary, you know, Wade Robson laid the accusations a while ago. And I think the reason this documentary came out is it's the anniversary of his death. And I think that had a lot to do with it. But then again, is this a way to like, I'm not, look, I'm just asking these questions. I'm not, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with it, but even furthermore, like his anniversary, is this a way to commemorate it or remember it? Like. It, there's so much about it that is just so heavy, and I don't know if morbid is the right word, uncomfortable, dissettling. 
you know, and again, like you said, many of us want to believe that this didn't happen just because of who he was and the love and respect he had and gained from so many. But then again, you know, you can't confuse the fame and the talent and the creative genius with actions that are heavily frowned upon, if so true. There's just, it's not an easy thing to talk about or to witness, whether as a bystander, much less, you know, a person, you know, through the times. I I don't know. And she, because I saw her post, I loved her comment about if you're a parent Mm-hmm. And when you start noticing stuff like that, and absolutely, and that's why I wanted to get a friend of mine on the phone who's got two kids to yep. kind of get a mom's perspective. Yeah. Plus, we're gonna talk to Cape, who right. has who has met. Oh man. Oh yeah. But let's get my friend on the phone really quick, and I'm not gonna use her name, and we're gonna disguise her voice. I really wanted to get a mom's perspective on on the whole thing how old is your son right now 13 and how old is your daughter nine we pretty much know and i told you that i watched the first hour of it and i had to stop because it was just getting a little too heavy for me because halfway through is when everything kind of starts ramping up and you start to learn about all of the alleged sexual assault like everywhere in neverland And as a parent's perspective, my very first question is, if if an adult comes to you and wants to have your kid stay in bed with them? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, isn't that the first sign that there's an issue? I mean, the whole thing is just so, so bizarre to me. I mean, there's nothing normal about the whole thing. I mean, if anybody... Yeah, that's a red flag, obviously. I would never let my child stay the night with an adult. Never. I don't care who you are. Did you watch Abducted in Plain Sight? You know what? I didn't, but I did look it up. I think I saw something on Facebook or somewhere. It sparked my curiosity, so I did watch uh, a portion of that, yeah. The reason I bring it up is in that situation as well... He was sleeping in the same bed as the child, and the parents let it happen. Right. The whole thing's ridiculous. Do you think it's like a a different time that now we're all able to say, okay, that shouldn't happen? I think it it definitely is a different time. I don't think there's ever been a time that it would be okay for a child to sleep with an adult. I do think that things were much more lax back, you know, 80s, even maybe even 90s, where parents were a little bit more free with their kids, letting them do things than today. I think that we're, uh, parents today are much more protective of their kids than back then. But I don't think it's ever been acceptable for a child to sleep with an adult that is not, I mean, even if it was in your family, I think it would be kind of bizarre, but let alone a whole nother family, like someone you're not even, a, you know, Related to sleeping with a grown man, it's just the whole thing is, I would never, I don't know anyone who would let their child do that. Yeah, I think if it's the dad or maybe a brother, then okay. But I think that's as far as it would go. Absolutely. And and you put into also, I mean, not only is this child sleeping with an adult, but that adult is a little, I think as much as everyone loves him, we could all say he was a little bizarre in, you know, in all the plastic surgeries and all of the, you know, all of the things that he was doing 
to himself. I mean, there, was, there were so many bizarre things about him. So there's been the argument or just even the conversation brought up of, oh, my goodness, well, it's Michael Jackson. Like, could it have been where just you you're starstruck and those things that from an outsider and looking at it now might have been bizarre, might have caused a red flag. Like if you were there in that time, in that moment, could you or would have you reacted differently? So that that's that's been a conversation brought up, too. And I, I don't know how 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 that would have maybe influenced the situation. Well, I think in that case, it, you know, from what I watched, the, the parents definitely were influenced by not only him being a star, he was doing things for them. He was buying them things, you know, trips. And he even bought the one, the one kid a house, you know, like, I think all of those things influenced them looking the other way. I think one of the good things was, I think it was Jimmy's mom that when it first started happening, I think it was in Paris, um, Jimmy's mom said, no. No, no, right. he, he is not going to sleep in the, the same bed with you in a hotel. And she even started questioning when the, when as time progressed, how and why the hotel rooms were further and further and further exactly. away. But then when is it that you draw that line and say no? And I think that line then eventually got blurred. And I think as our guest is saying now, was it that they were just blinded by being bought things and the starstruck factor, etc.? I think they didn't want it to end. You know, they thought that if they said no to him that they would stop living the life that he was affording them. But that is, and listen, I am once again not victim shaming in any way, but I I feel like that puts so much on the parents and that it was apparent. I mean, if you're not stepping up, and we had this conversation that it got so Mm -hmm. heated about abducted in plain sight, I feel that if you're not doing your parental duty and stepping up to save your child, then that's, you're, you're to blame. I agree. I mean, I'm one of those, I'm, I'm a kind of an, I would say an overprotective parent. Like my daughter is not allowed to have, um, to go on sleepovers. Um, she's allowed to have friends here at our house, but she's not allowed to go on sleepovers simply because of things like this. I mean, I can't control, and I've explained this to her, I can't control what happens in someone else's home. And you, you made a, a good comment earlier about how, you know, everything was so laxed back then. But I, I think that, yeah, when when you're talking about leaving your door unlocked or, you know, having friends come in and out, yeah, that's one thing. But I, I think something that never should have been lax was a situation where an adult wants to sleep in the same bed yeah. as a child. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it was a red... I mean, myself, I would see a red flag immediately if I saw a man that chose to hang out with children. No matter who you are. I don't care if you're a star, if you're... I don't care if... Even if you're an, a relative, a cousin. If you're an adult who ch- who hangs out with children and chooses to hang out with young children all the time and those are your best friends are little kids there's something there's something not right there yeah Mm -hmm. there's definitely something not right but i i I, you know in defense of michael jackson on that point i I think it's a case of the way he was brought up and his childhood and we know that he was mentally very childlike and so i i think by him beef Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Friending a lot of kids, it was him kind of trying to have a childhood? A real childhood? Um, right. That obviously led to allegedly a lot further stuff. But I, I think that, yes, it's definitely a red flag if that's happening. But I don't think that obviously that means that there's sexual assault going on. No, no. But it definitely means that there's something not right there. You know, I would I, no matter what it was, I wouldn't want my kids hanging out with somebody who didn't seem right to me. That whole, you know, if you feel something, you should speak up. That would definitely raise something with me that a guy was hanging out with kids that I would tell my kids, okay, I don't, I don't know that you should be, you know, hanging out with that guy. That's, there's this little, no matter what the reason, it doesn't mean he's abusing them, but it does mean there's something a little bit off there. And you said you watched uh, some of the Oprah special. I I know that I saw like just headlines where she was talking about how she was going to get a lot of crap from uh, diehard Michael Jackson fans. What was said in what you saw? Well, I think it gave more of the, um, a perspective from the from the two men now about why they defended him and then came out now like I, I feel like it was a little bit more emotional with the Oprah thing and her perspective was more um, you know she's a victim of, of child abuse herself mm-hmm. so I think it made them feel more comfortable you know she she when she was speaking with them about how their perspective when they were kids you know it was like well a lot of people question why these two lied and stuck up for him on the stand and said he never did anything. And now all of a sudden they're saying he did. She's saying she understands that, you know, kids, you know, they're not mature enough to really do the right thing. As an adult, you kind of learn what's, what's, you know, to be strong. But when you're a kid, you know, and you've got somebody like Michael Jackson telling you to lie for him and that he's going to go to jail if you don't lie. I just, I understand. And I think, um, Oprah was showing that she understands that too, being a victim herself. She remembers lying and covering stories and not saying anything because not wanting, you know, the adults to get in trouble. They didn't want Michael to get in trouble. Not only that, but they they didn't want their own family and themselves to get in trouble because he convinced them that if this ever came out, like he he was telling Jimmy all the time, if this ever comes out, my life's going to be ruined, your life's going to be ruined, your Mm -hmm. family's life is going to... So that definitely puts a fear into a child. And as they got older and, and Michael had kids, they didn't want, you know, they wondered what would happen to the kids. And, you know, so it's, I think it was just a whole circle of, you know, covering for him. Well, I, I appreciate you talking to us and giving us a mom's perspective because honestly, and I've said this in the past, I, I couldn't imagine having kids in this society that we're living in right now. I really couldn't. Like my cats, I I don't have these. (laughs) I don't have these worries about my cats. Are they going to be fed and watered and bathed? We are good to go. I don't even bathe them. (laughs) That's right. They self bathe. Thank you so much for talking to us and giving us a mom's perspective. Now on to uh, our good friend Cape, who works with us here at the station. And you were telling me this this insane story yesterday, April, that I had no idea. Cape, you've actually. Been to Neverland? I have been to Neverland Ranch. 
What was the situation behind it? Okay, so when I lived out in L.A., I went to a, a recording engineer school, and the president or the director of the uh, engineer school knew Michael Jackson or knew the Michael Jackson family, and he was invited to go out to the 42nd birthday, and he could bring four to six people. I was one of those people. So, of course, I went. Why wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. And so you got to meet Michael Jackson? Yeah, it was just for a second, but he has an arcade. And while I was in the arcade, messing around with video games, doing the arcade thing, he came in. So I was like, this is my opportunity. I just went up to him. I told him happy birthday, introduced myself. And he was like, thank you. Thank you so much. And then he walked off. So that was it. But I got a little glimpse. Now, what's crazy, Kay, because we were talking about this over lunch yesterday, is you said because of the impact and impression you had of him and being there, that you will not and would not watch um, Leaving Neverland. Can you explain or talk a little bit as to, like, why you wouldn't? I just don't want to watch it because I feel like, well, first of all, he can't defend himself. And second of all, I feel, and I haven't seen it, but I just feel like it would just be a bunch of stories from people and I don't know if it's credible or not and it might kind of just taint like what I think of him like when I was growing up as a kid because mm-hmm. when, I, when I was growing up he was a, a megastar so that's that's the guy I remember that's the guy I want to leave leave of that and that that's kind of where it is right now and mm-hmm. everybody talking about does this take away from his music and should his music be shelved you know with all this and you know you you mention about whether it's credible of course these are these are two guys that, like we said, they they testified that it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And now they're giving the other story and saying, obviously, back then they were just doing it to save themselves, save Michael Jackson. But as they grew up, that's where they've kind of gotten a little more comfortable with talking about the hell that they went through. Um, I completely agree with you, though, about he's not here to defend himself. And right, right, right. That, that kind of leaves a lot. And I don't know if anyone else is. Like, I have, like again, I haven't seen a documentary, but is anyone defending him on this documentary or are they just telling their story? No, so the documentary really just talks, and I haven't seen the second part, so April, mm-hmm. you, can, you can step in if this isn't correct, but the documentary concentrates on two kids and they didn't go to other people that could defend him. And so it touches on that and what's really interesting because I haven't seen the second one but the very first one ends with it transitioning basically stopping and transitioning to be- to the beginning story of um the super kid megastar um Macaulay Culkin? Yeah, Macaulay. Um so that is what's going to kind of lead into the second portion, the second part of the story which is really really going to be interesting in my opinion because I'm also a really big fan of him in his younger years and acting and kind of seeing his perspective already being in the industry and affected by it from his perspective. Well, if I remember correctly, Macaulay Culkin said that nothing ever happened between him and Michael Jackson. No, that's right. But he still has stories of just kind of their interactions and kind of how that may refute or go in accordance with the stories of the other kids. So I think it'll be very interesting to hear his perspective and his story on it. Now, Kate, I I know you said that you literally met him for like a a split second, but we've we've been talking about how surreal Mm-hmm. It was and how kind of Michael Jackson wasn't real life. 
What was your feeling like being in the same room with him and even just meeting him for, you know, a split second just to say happy birthday to him? Like, well, I, I want to set it up. Like, when I first got on the Neverland Ranch, first of all, you're greeted by tons of statues of little kids all over the place. So that's oh, what we're God. on. Every, every, every single corner I went to on a property, there was sodas, there was cotton candy, candy, vendors, clowns, like everywhere. The movie theater, uh, you know, regular aisle seating, but in the back there's beds. So th- there was a couple of things where I kept saying, this is kind of weird. This is, this is really weird. <laughs> you do not want to watch the documentary. <laughs> that was that was but, highlighted as yeah. part of it, the, precisely the theater room. They talk about the theater room in it. Right, but, but it was just like, you know, just it was just like a little kid had a lot of money and just went like ham, just bought everything he wanted as a little kid. And he lived in that in that world. As you went through, was there just this feeling of this is not real life? Oh, you feel like you're in, I felt like I was at Disney World, like the whole time. And you can just do whatever you want. But when he came into the arcade, like, my whole world stopped. Like, it just wasn't reality anymore. It was like, here's this, you know, he's just a person just like us. But for me, it was like, what, what am I looking at? Who is, I don't even know who this person is. And you were what, like in your 20s, right? Mid, late 20s when you had this experience? Yeah. Yeah, so I was gotcha. late twenty, late late twenties. Yeah, I think it was almost thirty. I think it was twenty eight, twenty nine. So you're saying that at that age, just mm-hmm. imagine Wade Robson, who was a huge fan of his. Imagine a young kid meeting your idol. Like I think about celebrities that I've met, and when they first walk in the room, I'm like, like I, I met LL Cool J, and when LL Cool J walked into the studio. I was like, this isn't real life right now. <laughs> like, he's not an idol of mine, but he's just so... Big. Yeah, yeah big. And, and <laughs> that he's, too. <laughs> he, he's just so, like, you're so used to seeing him on the screen or seeing him in videos or mm-hmm. listening to his music that when you actually meet the people, it's like, this This isn't real life. Exactly. And when I, and when I was growing up, I played that Thriller album on vinyl a billion times. So that was my childhood. I looked up to him just like a lot of people did, but he was definitely an idol. That is so incredible. Okay, thank you so much for sharing your story on on visiting Neverland and meeting him. I appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me on your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome anytime, Kate. I made it. You made made it big. (laughs) Kate will be signing autographs outside later on. (laughs) I don't know how to transition to this. Just remind me to never watch a show like this before I watch This Is Us. I will do my best. <laughs> I was texting you. I'm like, I... I, I yeah, am... your texts were freaking me out. They were like one, two word responses and a little heavy. I'm like, Yeesh, are you okay? It totally ruined This Is Us for me because uh, here I am watching Kevin spiraling, lying to everybody, watching Rebecca get hit on by guys after Jack has shortly, passed away. Yeah, shortly after his passing. Watching Toby going way overboard with that graduation party. Yeah. Uh, and all I'm thinking about is, yeah, but this isn't real life. <laughs> and that's why I watch This Is Us, oh, is because it's not real life. Yeah, And all I'm I thinking gotcha. about is, hey... How about that real life stuff that I was just watching? That, that that's drama. People. That's drama. Yeah. Ooh. So, so let's get into This Is Us. Because uh, it was an amazing episode last night, as it always is. Have you ever had a teacher do something to that ended up embarrassing you? So funny enough, 
I took a class in high school that was called creative writing. Um, and one thing, it was actually very similar to this. We had to write a personal essay. What our professor, or I guess in, in high school, it's called just our teacher. <laughs> I know. God. So I feel so long ago. God, I feel old. Um, <laughs> my teacher, one thing my teacher did not disclaim was that not only did we have to write a personal essay and we were going to be graded on just the, the, um, what's the word he used? He was so good with his words. I'm Mr. Albright. Which you're not. (laughs) Look, we just got done talking about Michael freaking Jackson. I'm still shook over here. Give me a break. Um, He was so good with his words, Mr. Albright, if you're listening. Yo. (laughs) And I apologize for her her not being so good at words. You'll appreciate my yo. So it was was graded on. It was graded graded on depth and just how personal we got into it. Just how we elaborated um, into, into our personal experience, whatever that was. What he didn't tell us is... Once they were completed, they were written in class. It was a, a week's worth project. We had to stand up and read them. And that was part of the exercise. It was getting us outside of our comfort zone. No! Get me out of my comfort zone in other ways. Not talking about something super personal. This is, it, it has to be Is like, that okay? That has to be something that's passed along amongst English teachers because- it was yeah, like the creative writing. Thing. It was like an English. It was like a English comprehensive whatever reading class. All tied and into one. Almost exactly the same thing happened to me. You and do? I, I, I I think I talked about this previously on the podcast. In high school, I had a teacher, Miss Stallings, uh-huh. and we had to write a paper based on this book that we had read. I think the book was called China Boy. Uh-huh. And we had to compare our lives and and be very yeah. personal about it. But here's the thing. It's the stories were anonymous. The papers were anonymous. We weren't we didn't put our names on it. Oh no, we did. No, hold on. <laughs> then we we got into groups. We passed the papers around to every single group and the group chose the best paper. And then Miss Stallings made us stand up and read, and read it out. And was mine, it your paper? Mine was literally about almost everybody in that class bullying me and putting me through depression. You did. T- I didn't know the story behind that paper, but you did tell me and about And I this. had to stand up oh. and read it in front of all these people. And you had to pe- read your own paper? Horrible. Horrible. Yeah. I mean, I, I thank her for doing that because it maybe put everything out on the table. Yeah. In front of everybody. But one of the worst experiences Ever. of my life. Yeah. Of my life. So yeah. I completely get why Deja was kind of freaking out last night. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh you know, God. in her story, I mean, imagine getting in front of everyone, for lack of other words, even worse, because it was published, what, on the school website? On the internet. On the, on the internet. <laughs> like the interwebs. <laughs> everyone can read this. Oh, yeah. About her experience when her and her mom had to live in her car like that's not something you want to necessarily put out there for everyone to know about you or your life or struggles you know yeah i think it would have been a better situation if the teacher would have asked Asked? her if she could have put it up yeah 
<laughs> I agree. Before putting it up. I agree. Can we get an entire episode of Kate and Kevin as babies? Oh my god. I just want like like literally an entire episode of those two babies together. So cute. They were so cute last night. That's the first time we ever saw them, right? I think so. Because I, I took almost like a double take. I was like, wait a minute. Had we seen them before or they just got introduced at that age? I don't think we, we saw them as babies, yeah. but not as like toddlers. I, I don't think we, right? because they didn't look familiar to me. No. And they were like, Adorable. baby Kevin was hilarious in yeah. the, when they were in the camcorder area. Oh my God. Great. So great. <laughs> like literally I want an entire episode and of them so, together. And so sweet and just warm at certain parts too. Remember some of those like videos they were flashing back where he was like feeding Kate and you know, it's like it's your food. Well, I want to share, you know, and it oh my God. It was just so so sweet. Once so again, warm. it goes back to casting and they were unbelievable actors, if you can yeah, call them sure. actors at that age. Sure. It makes me wonder, and maybe I should have done research, but <laughs> yeah, right. That work? It makes me wonder <laughs> if they were related as to why they were acting that way towards each other. Because that young, it's really hard, I would imagine, to direct babies like that. And to just like also, that. within babies, for there to be just an instinctive kind of like nurturing relationship. It was like they were brother and sister. Yeah. I mean, it reminded me of me and my brother. I've got pictures of... Literally, my brother and I washing dishes together of him, you know, and I playing with dolls and then doing stuff. Um, of like him cutting your hair geez, and cutting God, the dolls. I, I swear, I love him somewhere in here, you know. And then pictures of him, like like super sweet pictures of him, like hugging me, and you know, it just yeah, like that's something that's typically within like a brother and sister yeah, bond, especially that much. Right. Interesting. All I know is the next five weeks or. Four weeks now are oh. going to be absolutely brutal because they are leading down some sad storylines. Laying I, down some heavy grounds. With Kate possibly losing, losing. the baby again. And I can't even I, imagine. If this happens, I mean, what is that going to do not only to Kate, but to Toby? Mm-hmm. Because we saw how everything spiraled last time, yep. and then I don't even want to mention it. Like I can't even bring myself to talking about it. Beth and Randall, oh. we have begun this very, very sad road. Remember, we talked about this. We've talked about we this talked a lot, about this and we're like, "What is it going to be?" And that was one of the points. Was Beth gonna? Was she gonna be asked to give up her dream? For a second time. Because the schedule, there's no way for two parents that are doing so much to be able to handle it. And we're starting to see that this might be the beginning of the end of Bethandle. <laughs> Here we go again with the Bethaniels and the Bragagas and the who knows whatever else of, comes out of that brain of yours, Fink. Thank oh you so much for being gosh. part of the Totally Spoiled Podcast. <laughs> at Brian Fink, at April on air. Make sure to follow and subscribe. Or April. Or April. <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.